with Hashem Salper learning Saita Daf Yud Zayin. We're going to start with the Mishnah on top of the Amit. Before we learn the Mishnah, to facilitate the understanding of the Machlaikas three-way Tanoim, let's get out of Chumash. We're going into the Parsha of Saita, which is Parshas Nasai, and we're going to Pasik, we're starting with Pasik Yutes. In the Chumashim that we're using here, we're going to start on page 886. We're using the Gutnik Chumash. So says the Pasik. Okay, the question that the Mishnah is going to address is now that we already spoke about the utensil and we have the water and we have the earth in the water, now there is a Megillah, there is a scroll that has to have on it written parts of the portion of the Saita, including the names of Hashem a few times, and after it's fully written, then the coin puts it in that cup of water and ink, bechlal, that is used for sifretayra, for mezuzahs, for tefillin, they dissolve in water. So it gets dissolved in the water. So the question will be, what psukim need to be written? So let's start with Pasuk Yutes. Again, we're, looking, we're reading in the Chumash. The Pasuk says, The, the Kayin makes an oath and he tells the woman. Now these words are words that Hashem is commanding the Kayin. That you Kayin... You should make the woman take an oath and say. That's called the, the tzivoy that Hashem gives to the kain. Now what are the actual words that the kain tells the woman? So he begins saying in the positive. Im ish if a man did not lay with you. If you did not stray in defilement from your husband. Then hinaki, you'll be clean from the bitter waters that can cause a curse. From these waters. So this is actually, it's called klolois habois machmas brachis. There is no curse written, but there is an implied curse. Was if you are not defiled, if you did not commit adultery, then nothing is going to happen. You will not be cursed. Actually, you shall be blessed. But what does that imply? It implies a curse. So that's one possible pasik that should be written in. And then pasik 20. But if you did stray while you were married, and if you did become defiled, by having a relation with a man aside of your husband. All right, so then, interestingly, in Pasuk 21, the Torah again commands the Kayin. Again, the Kayin has to take an oath for the woman with an oath of a curse. And the Kayin tells the woman, and in the middle of Pasuk Chafalif, we have the words that he tells her. That God forbid Hashem should put you as a curse and as an oath amongst your people. And that will find expression, that your thighs will collapse, and your stomach will inflate. And Pasik Chavbeis, Ubo Hamayim Hamaradim Ha'elabimayayech, and these bitter waters will come into your stomach, Lats Boys Betten, to expand your stomach, Vilanam Pil Yorech, and to make your thighs collapse. And now the Pasik concludes with, the, it's called the Kabbalah's Hashavua, the woman accepting the curse and the oath by her saying, Amen, Amen. So we have Pasik 19, 20. 21 and 22. These are the four psukim that will be discussed in our Mishnah. Now let's go inside the Mishnah again and Daf Yud Zayin. 
you have the Chumash open, it's going to be a very simple Mishnah. The question asks, From where do you write? So the first Tanakama, and as we'll see in the Gemara, Stam Mishnah Rabbi Meir, this Tanakama is the Shita of Rav Meir, and the Bach takes out the letter Vav. So look inside your Chumash from in middle of Pasuk after the commandment that's given to the Kayim, right? After the words, Va'amar Isha, what, is he, what are the opening words the Kayan says? Im. You see that? Im lo'i shachav ish oisach. So in the Mishnah, take out the, take out the Vav. The, the, you begin writing the words, Im lo'i shachav ish, the Goimer means the rest of Pasuk 19. Then the Mishnah continues with Pasuk 20. See that? Va'at ki sotist tachas isheich. However, in Pasuk 21, he doesn't begin writing he doesn't write the beginning of 21 because in Pasuk 21, again, the Torah is commanding the Kayin what to do. It's not to the woman, it's to the Kayin. There ain't no Kaysevish be a Isha, which is in the beginning of 21. However, you do write the middle of 21. The Kaysev Yitin Hashem, Oisach Lo'alolashua. And you write Pasuk 22. But you don't write the ending of Pasuk 22. Because you don't write the Kabbalah. So the Tanakhama that I've made is very consistent. You write from all the four Pesukim. You don't write all of them in their entirety. You exclude the commandment that Hashem gives to the Kayin. You exclude the woman accepting upon herself the curse. That is not written on this parchment that will be erased. Opinion number one. Rabbi Yoisi Oimer. Rabbi Yoisi holds loy hoyom mafsik. And we will learn pshat in Rabbi Yoisi. He agrees that Pasik 19, we don't start writing 19 from the beginning. You could start writing 19 from the middle. You start writing 19 like Rabbi Meir from the words imlay shachav, etc. However, once you begin writing, you don't stop. Because if it's written this way in the Torah, you're not mafsik. Yechap, mafsik means you don't interrupt it. So we are implying from Rabbi Yesi that you can start from the middle. But once you start, you write the whole Pasik Chafalif, right? And like Rashi says, and even in Pasik 22, you write the words, Isha, Amen, Amen. That's opinion number two. In other words, according to Rabbi Yesi, you write even more words. And now Rabbi Yehuda, remember we quoted Rabbi Yehuda two or three daf ago. Rabbi Yehuda is the one that holds that you write the least. Rabbi Yehuda holds, Kol Atzmai Eino Kaisev. Nothing more is written than the following. And he begins with the words, Yitain Hashem Oisach. Now actually, again, there are, we will learn Pshat in Rabbi Yehuda that you write Pasik 20. Because if you look inside, Pasik 19 is actually not an explicit curse. Like we use the words of Rashi. It's a curse that's implied from the Bracha. But Pasik 20 is where he's, begin to he's beginning to explain to her why she'll be cursed. That if, so he writes that. That's how we'll learn Pshat in Rabbi Yehuda. He writes Pasik 20. You skip the first half of Pasik 21 and you take it up in the middle where it says only the curse. And you don't write again. You for sure don't write. Amen. Alright, so you write again Pasik 20, 
you're right from the middle of 21 till the end of 21, and you're right the first half of Pasuk 22. That's the end of the Mishnah, three-way machlaikis. So says the Gemara, what is underlying this machlaikis tanoyim? Says the Gemara, all of it is based, look inside your Chumash, on Pasuk 23, Pasuk Chav Gimel. It's after the four Pesukim that we spoke about in the Mishnah. What does it say in the Pasuk? That the coin writes these curses on a safer. And he erases it in the water. Period. Now, the question is, let's read straight inside the Gemara. Rab Meir says, the Torah did not have to write the words, the hay is extra. The Pasuk could have written because of S, Alois. So Alois mean the curses. And you know what the curses mean? The curses don't mean the curses that are implied. The curses means like Rabbi Yehuda. The curses means Pasuk 20, Pasuk 21. Direct what will happen to you. But the hey, which is extra, is coming also to include it's including the second half of Pasuk 19. That is what the hey, the hey is including the curses that are implied. Viter. Then it says in Pasuk 23, What does Eile come to teach you? The Torah could have written as ha'olois. These, the whole word is extra. So Ela comes to exclude, you are only writing these curses that are written in Parshas Nasai, but not the curses that are written in Mishnah Torah. Writing your Bar Mitzvah Parsha, Parshas Kisavai. Rashi later adds, not here, but later also speaks about Bechul Kaisai. But at least here, the Gemara is speaking about, you don't write the curses, the Torah says write curses. You have other curses in the Torah. Write the whole, the whole Torah. So that's not written. And the ha'ela, again, the extra hey, it comes to exclude wherever the Torah is commanding the Koyin. That command is in Pasuk 19, as we spoke out. And that command is in the beginning of Pasuk Chafalot. That's not written. Nor do we write the end of Pasuk 22, which is the woman receiving it by saying, accepting it, amen, amen. So that's clear. That's Rabbi Meir. Now Rabbi Yoisi continues the Gemara, which is the second opinion in our Mishnah. Kulhu, kulhu meaning all three. He agrees, Alois means the curses. Ha'alois comes to include even the curses that are implied. That's why WAC is the most greatest opinion. You write the most letters. You start writing in the middle of Pasuk 19, and you don't stop. However, don't tell me that Ha'ele, right, comes to exclude the command. It's not true. Why? Because I already learned from the word S, it says S ha'olois, Rabbi Yoisi says the word S is extra. Now, not, not all Tanoim view S as an extra word, but Rabbi Yoisi does. So S already came to include Tzavois and Kabbalis. So you can't exclude it. So he has an explanation for the words Olois, for the Ha'olois, for the word Eile. You can't use the hey of ha'ela to exclude savais vekabalis because they are included with the word s. So Rashi says it must be that according to Rabbi Yosi, the words ha'ela is not extra. 
You can even say the Torah is symmetric, if you can say that by the Torah. It's because the Torah begins with the words, Ha'alais Ha'ela. Ay Rav Meir, Rav Meir doesn't darshan essen. And now the third opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says something that's so great that's going to be a, a question on Rav Meir. Hey, does hey include or does the hey exclude? Got to be consistent. Rav Meir began saying that ha'alais, the hey of alois includes. So if that's the case, the ha'ela should also include. Or it all excludes. Rabbi Yehuda says, All of the hayes exclude. Alois, alois mamish. When the Torah says, According to Rabbi Yehuda, you do not write any of Pasuk 19. Because in Pasuk 19, you don't have a curse. You have an implied curse. Implied curses are not written. Because the hay excludes. Vaited, Ela excludes Kalalish Mishnah Torah. Ha'ela excludes Now, Rabbi Yehuda is so good, hey is a letter that always excludes. So this is going to be a question on Avmeir. Avmeir is mamish not consistent. Avmeir says, the hey of always includes, the hey of ha'ela excludes. Answers the Gemara, Gavaldik. If the word itself is coming to include, so then an additional hey in that word includes even more. On the other hand, if the word itself is coming to exclude, push it. So then the hey of that word excludes even more. Hey, the gabiri buye, ribuye. But hey, the gabiri miute, miute he. Good. Okay. Bottom line will be that according to Rav Meir, we write the middle of Pasuk 19. That's how he begins the Mishnah. I know curses written there. It's understood because the Torah says what will not happen to her. So from that you understand that if she's guilty, what will happen to her? That it will be a curse. Says the Gemara, one second, hold on. Since, again, even though the Mishnah didn't say the words of Rabbi Meir, we understand that Tanakama being Rab Meir asks the Gemara of a Halais Leil Rab Meir Mechalav Ato Shemeyahein. Again, we learned this, I think, in the Dorim that we find that when the Yidden want Bnei God Bnei Ruven, when they wanted to inherit the Aver Layardin part of land that Moshe Rabbeinu conquered before he passed away, and Moshe Rabbeinu made with them what we call a Tnai Kafel, he made a double condition. In other words, he spoke out both sides. He didn't just tell them that you can get this land if you're going to go over and fight the wars in Israel. He didn't say that. He didn't stop there. He spoke out, and if you will not go, then you won't get it. He made what we call a Tanai Kafal. He spoke out both sides. And Avmeir says, from here we learned in the whole Torah, that there is no such a thing as an implied. If you want to imply it, say it. And that's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. So the Torah in Pasuk 19 is not writing a curse at all. Ah, you're talking, it's implied. How is it implied? Rav Meir doesn't hold that from one side you can know the other side. You have to speak out both sides. Answers the Gemara Amir of Tanchum, and we have this in Chumash Rashi, that the words in Pasik Yutes and Pasik 19, where the Kain is telling her in the positive, that if you are not defiled, if you did not stray, he naki, what does he naki means? You're cleaned, you're cleared, you're off the hook. Actually, in Lashon Kodesh, Hinaki should have been written with the Yud. But the Torah did not write it with the Yud. And the letters He 
And the letters Ches, especially according to what we learned in Sefer Yitzira, that all of the letters are divided into the five Moitzo'o Yisapeh, where do the sounds come from? So from the inner, from the throat, from the palate, from the tongue, from the teeth, and from the lips. So He and Ches are in the same category, and they are interchangeable. So when the trader says, Hinaki, since it's written without a Yud, so we learn from Hinaki, Chinki. What does Chinki mean? Strangled. What is chenek? Chenek is the punishment given to a married woman who commits adultery. So the trade is not taka writing explicitly a curse, but on the other hand, even though normally Rav Meir doesn't hold michlal lava to but now that there is a hint from the missing yud, so it's more implied. It's so much implied that because of the extra hey, Rav Meir understands that this should be written in the Megillah, which will be erased in the May Hamadim Hamadim. Now, Dodesh Rabbi Kiva says, Rabbi Kiva, Ish Isha. This is something that we all heard in Shavah Brachis. Now you're reading it from the source. That Ish and Isha. Don't forget that man was called Adam. And then he was called Chava. What's the Ish and the Isha? Zahu, Shechina B'neim. And as Rashi explains that Ish and Isha, they both have three letters. Two of the three letters are equal. Letters Aleph, Shin. Aleph, Shin spells the word fire. And on top of the word fire, there is a Yud in the man and the He in the woman. And Yud and He is one of Hashem's holy names. So Ish ve'isha, if there's Zahu, says Rashi, meaning that he is not looking to be an adulterer. And she is not lurking to be an adulteress. So then they, they merit and Hashem's presence actually is amongst them. But God forbid, if they commit adultery, they become a noyef or a noyefes. So then Hashem's presence leaves. And once Hashem removes himself from this couple, what are you left with? With fire. A fire. Eish, eichalten, they are consumed with fire. To which Rava added to what Rabbi Kiva said, don't forget that by a man, Hashem's letter is written in between the Aleph and the Shin. So the, the Eish is divided. By the woman, the He is written not in between Aleph and Shin. The He is written after Shin. So says Rava, Isha Adifa, that by the woman, she's more readily punished. Me the Ish from the man, because hi, mitzarev. By the woman, you already have fire, even when God is there, there's fire. So the power, the potency of the positive, and then the potency of the negative, a woman has a lot more power in this area than the man. Why did the Torah say over here, bring earth, bring offer into the waters of the Saita? Because earth reminds us either way, to something that's connected to the Saita. Zachsa, if she will merit, meaning that if she did not commit adultery, she gets a special blessing, as we'll learn later. If she didn't have children, she'll have children. If she had children, ben she will have children that are tzaddikim. Why does offer elutu tzaddikim? Because it says, by Avram Avinu, we just quoted this when we spoke out to Tanya in yesterday's year, offer va'efer. So offer is a, is a hint to You'll merit to have a son like Avram. However, but if God forbid she committed adultery, so then also the offer is meaningful. 
She's going to die and she's going to return to earth. Continues the Gemara Doroshrava, Mishar Shomer Avram Avinu, that in the reward, in the, in, in the merit of Avram Avinu. Saying, after the war of Kidar Laimer, right, the four kings and the five kings, and the Lot was kidnapped, and Avram Avinu went and he waged war, and ultimately, I'm sorry, going back, Avram Avinu pleading with Hashem. Avram Avinu pleading with Hashem that he should not destroy Sodom. He tells Hashem, I am dust and ashes because of that. His children merited, the Jewish people merited two mitzvahs. One is ashes, and those are the ashes of the Paraduma, and the offer of a Saita. Again, we see a correlation between them. We had Exeter Shav on the previous daf. We actually had a question whether Eifrit can be used instead of Afar. And here it's coming all together. I says the Gemara, Why didn't Rava add, we have another mitzvah connected to Afar, and that is the mitzvah of covering blood. So now there are many ways of learning this Gemara, and we will read it the way Rashi interprets it. And what does Rashi interpret? Interesting expressions. Hasam, by the mitzvah of Kisayadam, Hechsher mitzvah ika. Hechsher mitzvah normally means not the mitzvah itself, but something that needs to be done in order for us to be able to do a mitzvah. Like Lamashal, normally you would say that building the sukkah is a hechsher mitzvah. Writing tefillin is a hechsher mitzvah. The mitzvah is not to write the tefillin. The mitzvah is to put on the tefillin. But for you to have tefillin to put on, someone has to write it. Here Rashi interprets hechsher mitzvah means a mitzvah that we do not have a reward in this world. When, the, when Rava said schar, he was speaking about pashit, a reward that gives you hana'a, that gives a person benefit here. The reason why he didn't mention uh, the offer, Adam, of course we have a mitzvah, but we don't have the hana'a over here, hana'a lekeh. But when it comes to offer an afer, so let's read inside the Rashi, right? The third line in the bottom and the wide lines, Hanaaleka, and therefore ve'enze kibur schal. You can't say the words that you're getting a reward. Avulkan yesh hanaa, and Rashi speaks out. What's the benefit? By the soita, first of all, shuloy lasei shalim, because if she's innocent. Gonna, there's going to be a tangible reward. The husband will get trust back in his wife. On the other hand, if she's guilty, there's also schar, because she will die, that will pr- there won't be imam zaydim. Shulay yirma imam zaydim be Yisrael, im zoynehi. And if imnik zaydim is azara, umatelis lazal banel. And if she survives it, people are going to know, there'll be peace in the couple, people are going to know that her other children are hers. And likewise, ve'efer para, what's the reward? Letaron. First of all, pashit, what was the whole efer para? We cannot enter the base Amigdash when we're tummy. Ain't lo chaschar gadol mizah. No, it doesn't mean a schar of a gash mizdik schar, but you can see a tangible result. This enables us to go into the base Amigdash, number one. And Bechlali writes that this rectifies the whole sin of the eagle. And that's important about Hanna'ah, because as it says in the Chumash that every time Hashem punishes the Jewish people, some of punishment is added for the sin of the golden calf. So when we get freed from, when we have our kapara from the cheto eagle, we have hana, we get punished less. Back in the Gemara, continues the Gemara, 
Rava. Rava continues to expound that Peschash, Amr Avram Avinu, and Avram Avinu told now going back to the story of the kings. And when he eventually won the war, and he refreed his nephew Lot, so then the king of Sodom wanted to reward Avram Avinu. And he responded to him, Imichut, if so much as a thread, v'at now, or a shoe strap, he tells him, Im ekach mikol asher loch, if I will take anything that's yours, I'm not doing that, that I don't want you to say, that's what he told the king. So since he didn't take not the thread, nor the shoe strap, his descendants merited two mitzvahs. And you see over here, it doesn't say the word schad, it just says two mitzvahs. One mitzvah is chut shal So the chut, right, is the thread is the thread of trelis and viritsua shall tefillin and we have the uh, straps of the tefillin says the gemara again over here since first of all to say the following that rashi writes something why did avram avinu tell the king i won't even take a thread or a shoe strap so rashi says it's five lines from the top of, of the wide lines in the bottom that shehivriach atzmim in hagezel because being that the king of Sodom was guilty of many sins, including theft, which means some of the booty that he recaptured was money that was stolen, Avraham Avinu didn't want to take any of that money. And everyone asks Anashi, how can Anashi write something that is different than the Chumash? Avraham Avinu told the king, I don't want people to say that you made me wealthy. That was the reason why he didn't take it. So why is Rashi coming and saying that Avraham Avinu didn't take anything because he didn't want to take anything that might have been stolen. So the Eitz Yosef says, beautiful. If you look in the Chumash, it says two things. First, he tells him, I will not take him michut now. Number one. And that, on that Rashi says, that's because he didn't want to take anything that might be stolen. And then Avraham Avinu added words. And he told him, And even if you're going to give me something that's taka yours, that I also don't want to take. For you not to say that you made me wealthy. But anyways, coming back over here, um, being that Rava made these two statements, even though Rava did not use the words schar, but just like the Gemara said that Rava was only speaking about mitzvahs that give us benefit, so the question here will be, what benefit do we have from it? So asks the Gemara, there is a benefit, as it says, that all of the nations of the world will see, that the word, that the word, that the name of God is written upon us, and they will be afraid of us. And what does it mean that they will see that Hashem's name is written on us? This refers to Tfilin Sheboraish, to the head Tfilin, and Kisipur of the Alter Rebbe, that when he was in jail, and one of the big ministers walked into a cell, and the Alter Rebbe was davening, and he was overcome with fear. And he asked the Alter Rebbe later, Why was I so afraid of you? And he told him, This mimer, that the nations of the world will be overcome with dread when they will see a Jew in Tefillin. So the minister told the Alter Rebbe, I saw other Jews in Tefillin, and I didn't experience this fear. So the Alter Rebbe responded that the words are not, these are the Tefillin Sha'al Horoish. It's not about the Tefillin on the head. It's the Tefillin Sheboroish. The Tefillin have to be in the head. In other words, only when a Yid integrates the message of the Tefillin, then is this verse fulfilled to the greatest extent. But really, every year that puts on tefillin, tefillin has a power 
that it protects us because the nations of the world are afraid of us. So we have a benefit. What benefit do we have from the Chutzot So the answer is that Tanya, that Hoyer Rav Meir, Oimer Rav Meir always says, that man nishtanot cheles mikolminet sevoinim. Why did Hashem command us to die? Whether it is one or whether it is two, we will learn in Mitzvah Hashem this in Mesechtas Menaches, which might even mean four when it's bent over. We'll see that later. But why did Hashem command us to die the thread or the threads dafke with the dye of tcheles, with the color of tcheles? Mipnei shat tcheles, the color of tcheles is doim elayam. It's good to remember this. It's similar to the color of the sea, Mediterranean Sea. And Viyam, Doimelurikia, and the sea, the color of the sea is similar to the color of the Rokia. Let's touch the word Rokia, sky. And Virokia and the sky is Doimelikisa Kova. It is similar to Hashem's glorious throne. Shenem, as it says, that Viyoru Eis Elok Viyiru, oh, correcting my ever, Viyiru Eis Elok Yisrael, that this is a Pasuk that's quoted right after the, uh, the giving of the, of the Torah, right in Parshas Yisrael, that we saw the God of Israel, and V'tach Asraglov Kaviyochol, so to speak, under Hashem's feet, Ukemaise Livna Sapir, there was like a sapphire, a brickwork. I don't like the essence of the pure heavens. And as it says in Yechezkel, that that like the appearance of sapphire is the Musakise. So you have to hop one thing over here. So therefore, the benefit of Tcheles is that it allows us to have some type of connection with the Kisei HaKovit. So again, the benefit doesn't mean a gashmizdika benefit, but there is some type of benefit somehow more than covering the blood of a bird or of a chaya. Now Rashi makes a good point. It doesn't say that the tcheles is like the kisei hakavit. It's called, it's doima, it's, it's, this is like that, and that is like that, and that is like this. It's a step. It's a meditation and steps that you have to see the similarity in this seder. And there's meaning in all that. So there's the yam, and from the yam you have to go to the sky, and from the sky you go to the kisei hakavit, right? And somewhere in the middle, you have this livna sasapir, and we'll leave it at that. Okay, continues the Mishnah. So we spoke about the Megillah, Machloik is what is written, and now on what do you write it on? Says the Mishnah, and this is going to be very similar to what we learned just one daf ago, that the rule of Sefer, right? The halacha, oikeras mikra, Sefer normally means parchment, right? The exception is a get. Here it says that the Koyen writes it, basefer. Take basefer means parchment. Eino koisev, it cannot be written, not on a tablet. Normally a tablet refers to a wooden tablet. Or any other tablet. Is papyrus, Rashi teaches Niyar, that they used to take, look inside the last line in Rashi, shall asovim, they used to take grass, shakoichin, umedapkin, oisem bedebek, they used to shred the glass, and then they used to bind them with an agent together, and they had a product that was like parchment. That is not good. And back in the. the well, that, you see it now. 
go to Egypt, don't go to Egypt, but if you're someone who would go to Egypt, they would see it in Egypt. Let's remember these words from Menachas. So diftere means an unfinished parchment. Bekitzer, the way you make parchment is you have to undergo three steps. Step number one is you take a hide. After you clean off, whatever you can clean off, you salt it. Step number two is you soak it in flour and water. And then step number three is you treat it with gallnut extract. Diftera is a piece of unfinished parchment that underwent number one, underwent number two. It was salted, Rashi says. It was soaked in the water and the flour, but it wasn't yet treated with the offits with gallnut extract. That's also not good. A dafka has to be on a Megillah, meaning finished parchment. Why? Shenemer says the Mishnah, because it says that he writes it ba sefer. And that's the mikra. Sefer means parchment. Another day, now what ink does he use? As the Mishnah, the Eino Kaisiv Leibukumus. He doesn't use Serafailan. How do you say Serafailan in English? You no, know, the sap from the tree. Certain type of gum that was mixed with water and not with kankantoim. Look inside Rashi. Kankantoim, virtualu, some type of sulfate. Nor with any other substance that even though it makes a mark on the parchment, but it gets absorbed in the parchment, we don't want to use an ink that gets absorbed in the parchment. You know why? Because it says the Mishnah, because, speak it out, because you have to erase it in the water. So you want to use some type of ink that when you put it in water, it gets fully erased. And other substances that gets absorbed in the parchment don't fully erase. Because since the Torah is El and we call that ink, which is mamish the ink that we use today for Sifrei Torah, for Stam, Tefillin HaMezuzas, because it says, Umacha, that you should erase it, meaning, Ksav Shiyachoyl, let's look inside the Bach, we want to write it with something that with water it will get, it will get erased. I witnessed this one time, sadly, by a Siyom Sefer Torah, that people were making L'chaims right around the parchment. It was a brand new Sefer Torah. And accidentally, someone's L'chaim spilled, and a whole column got erased in a second. It was the Dioi, which is beautiful, you know, fresh ink, and it's shiny. I think it's just water. I think that's the whole point of Dioi, that it has the koyach to, to completely erase everything that's written on it. Says the Gemara. And let's learn today that the Rava is going to teach us six halachas in the din of writing the Megillah of the Saita. Omar Rava, number one, Megillah Saita, Shakasva, Balayla, Psula. If it was written by night, it is not qualified, my time, because since. We have Exeter Shava, Taita Taita. It says over here, the Asa La Hakoin Ace, called Hatoira Hazois. Right? We had that quote in Rashi in the previous daf that everything has to be done under order. But the Taita uses the words Taita. And it says in Parsha, Shoiftim, Al Pi Hatoira, Shari Yerucha, Vala Mishpat. So says Rashi that Omamish, but by Yoim, just like Mishpat. Written with the word Taita can only be done by day. So Rashi in the Gemara quotes from a Sechta Sanhedrin, the Nafkulan Mivahoya Biyoim Hanchiloi. In other words, inheritance is considered a law that has to undergo judicial proceedings, and those proceedings can only be done biyoim. So but you learn from over there that every Mishpat can only be by day. Mishpat Taita and Taita Taita. 
af megillah seita can only be written during the day. Halacha number one. Halacha number two. Kosva lemafreya. If it's written out of sequence, psula. And Rashi gives a, an extreme example. Pashat Rashi goes pashat backwards. Yerech v'lanampil beten litzboiz b'mayayich. But it's an example. Any out of sequence. So whether you're going to hold like Rav Meir or like Rabbi Yossi or like Rabbi Yehuda on top of Daf Yud Zayin, no matter what you have to write, it has to be on the order. Even though they're skipping the beginning of Pasuk Chafalaf, doesn't matter, but you're going according to the sequence of the Torah. And where do we know that? Because since it says, because of es ha'olois ha'ele, ha'olois ha'ele means, ki d'chsiva, the way it's written, this has to be written. Vaitir. If it was written before the woman accepted upon herself the oath of the Koyin, this is the third halacha, Sula. As it says, Vishbiya is written in Pasek Chav Aleph, we just learned this. And then in Pasek Chav Gimel, that is where it says, Vikasaf. So you have to follow that order, as we just learned, that when it says, that you have to follow the Seder of how it's written. The fourth halacha of Rav is Kosva Igeres. Igeres Rashi interprets Belis Sirtut, which means without the lines, you know, the lines that are etched in the parchment that you see in the Sefer Torah, that if you wrote it without those lines, it's possible. Why? Also from the word Sefer. What Sefer, the Mishnah said, means parchment. Sefer also means parchment that has lined etched in them. Let's chap the daf yudches on the top. Halacha number five, that kosva al shnei dapin psulim. Dapin means actually an amid, means a column. Rashi says, if you write it on two dafim or on three dafim, it's not going to be good. Why? Because sefer echad amar achmona. Because the Torah says, ba sefer, on a sefer, singular, lashin yachid. And below shnaimish lashes farim. Can't write it on columns. And the final halach of Rava is the sixth law will be that kosav oisachas umachak oisachas. Kosav oisachas umachak oisachas. Even if you're going to write, let Rab Meir, let Rab Yoisi, let Rab Yehuda, you'll write the whole thing. But instead of writing it in its entirety and then erasing it, you wrote a letter, you erased a letter. You wrote a word, you erased a word. If you, if you did it that way, psula, because it says, the key word is call. Call is extra. Call means first write it all in its entirety. And only then can you erase it. And these are his six halachas, and it shall to be continued.